All right, hey guys, this is Kevin Ramirez. Thank you for joining us on Society Speaks, the podcast where we seek out the truth about the most prevalent topics in the fitness industry. This podcast is brought to you by Iron Society Gym. It's a warehouse style gym in Miami, Florida, in the West Kendall area, located at 13301 Southwest 131st Street. Um, come check us out. Uh, check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, at Iron Society Gym. Hello to whoever's watching. Hello to whoever's listening. Um, today's topic is we're actually going to be discussing athlete training. So we're very, very excited. It's a very special podcast. Special because this is the first podcast ever. I'm actually getting my jitters out right now because I'm, I'm a little shaky right now. <laughs> but this is the first podcast ever. This is history in the making. January 10th, 2018. It's approximately 10.07 with 25 seconds right now. And if, if you're watching, if you're listening, mark your calendars. I know I am. Um, this is where, where, where we're starting off, guys. This is, this is awesome. Um, so I'm here with three co-hosts, George Gutierrez, Alex Credo, Zach Mann. I don't know how I'm sitting here in this room right now because the knowledge between these three guys just overshadows me like incredibly. And, and uh, just want to say I've, I'm so happy and blessed that I've been a part of Iron Society. I've been part of the gym for six months. And every time I walk in there, I learn something new. And it's because of you guys. Thank you. And thank you for joining us again. Um, so, yeah, since it's the first podcast, we're going to introduce ourselves. Uh, I'll start off and then we can go around the room. And so my name is Kevin Bryant Ramirez. Uh, you can call me Kevin Bryant for sure. That's what my mama used to call me. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at L. Kevin Bryant. I actually just changed my, my Twitter handle. Nice. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the marketing guy. I, I, I'm the dumbest guy in the room right now when it comes to fitness. Um, so I'm going to be asking the questions and just listening like everybody else at home. So, so yeah, George, why don't, why don't you introduce yourself, state your name, where are you from, credentials. All up, right. Um, first, Kevin, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, all of you guys having us here, and yes, that's sir. the reason why you're here because you invited us. Um, yes, <laughs> a little bit about myself is um, my name is George Gutierrez. I'm a strength and conditioning specialist. A little bit about my background it's it's in baseball. I played Division One baseball, and then I was fortunate to sign professional baseball with the Kansas City Royals. So I played with the Royals in the farm system. And then uh, towards my end of my career, I ended up playing several years of independent ball with the River City Rascals in the Frontier League. Following that, I, um, you know, everything kind of, kind of went the baseball route. I became a, a head coach at a high school for <clears throat> six and a half years. Uh, in the meantime, I was I was also finishing my master's degree in exercise science and also training athletes as I coach baseball which led me into, um, you know, starting the gym and starting the, the whole uh, athlete training, fitness, full-time. And, and we actually you know. grew up together. 
Uh, yes. I just want to say that yes, we did on camera sure. and 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 recording. We, this guy taught me a lot about baseball. Alex, what's up, man? So I actually have known George for about 18 years now. I actually played baseball with George in high school, and that's where uh, we we met. So in uh, after high school, I no longer played sports, but I went to University of Florida and majored in um, exercise sports science or applied physiology and kinesiology, which is what it is now. And after that, in 2008, I opened up my own gym. So I opened up Southland Strength Conditioning back in 08 in June. And then back in 2014, I believe, um, I actually just happened to run into George by chance. And we decided that we were going to move into the same location and start training uh, athletes and start training also general population. and I think uh, about, what was it, one year ago, we decided that we were going to open Iron Society and become have everything basically be under one umbrella. So we've been doing that now ever since, and that's why now that we're here, we're trying to do this podcast. Nice. They're actually, the two founders are in the room. Zach and I, I'm yeah. impressed. I, I feel the, the vibes over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The two founders, these guys, if they hadn't started that or gotten back together, we wouldn't be here. So... What's up, Zach? What's up? I'm, I guess I'm Zach Mann. I'm the youngest guy in the room. I'm the young buck. I've only been, I mean, credentials-wise, I'm getting my bachelor's uh, at FIU, but I've kind of been all over the place. I went to Huntington College in Montgomery, then went to Miami-Dade, then went to South Alabama for a year, well, for a semester, and then uh, transferred down to FIU. But, I mean, I'm grateful to be here because, I mean, amongst the knowledge in the room, I don't. I barely know shit to be honest with you. But I mean, in my opinion, I, I'm grateful because I've known Skip for, since high school. I'm the one person who doesn't play baseball or has not played baseball here. <laughs> I played football. Uh, I played basketball. <laughs> I played like roller hockey, a bunch of shit like that. But uh, nice. I guess like credentials wise, I've got TPT, NASM, and NCSF, or and yeah, NCSF, and then. Uh, NASE, which is Speed and Explosion Cert. Uh, I just try to read a lot and try to listen to George and Alex as much as I can and uh, take away as much as I can from them every day, whether it be through their training that they do with their athletes or what they do with their general pop. And then, uh, but yeah, I'm extremely grateful to even step my feet into Iron Society every single day. And I appreciate y'all and I appreciate this podcast. This is fun as shit. So let's get after it now. (laughs) And I just want to say I did play college baseball. So I know a little bit about fitness, but not as much as these guys here. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't very good at it. That, that's, that's the only thing. <laughs> um, so let's get into the topic, man. Let's create value for everybody at home. Specifically today, we're talking about athletes. What is athlete training? How does it differ from you know general popula- uh, population training? The Joe Schmo is going to go in and just you know do his reps or lose weight or, or whatever he wants to do. Why? Why is it different from an athlete to a general pop? Alex, you want to take this? Sure. So the biggest difference between just general population training and athlete training is that athletes are always going to be training for a specific uh, competition or a specific season that starts and ends on specific dates. So when you talk about athlete training, you're actually training some somebody for something specific versus general population where if someone comes in and says, hey, I just want to lose 10 pounds. You know, if they lose those 10 pounds in six months or they lose those 10 pounds in one year, they're going to be happy either way. 
But if you have an athlete that comes in and says, hey, listen, I have a competition July 1st and I need to peak for that competition. Well, if you screw up and you have that athlete peak a week later or a week before, they're going to have a miserable experience. And same thing goes with an athlete that's getting into the season, where if you screw up the athlete's off-season training and you screw up the athlete's um, preseason training, well, that athlete is going to go into the season not being as either fresh or as fast or as strong as they can possibly be. And that then is going to cascade down throughout the season um, as far as their performance is concerned. So I, I think that's the, the, the biggest issue when you're talking about athlete training versus non-athlete training or general population training. Let me add to that. Um, everyone should be training like an athlete, uh, even general population. But go ahead. Alex made a great point by saying season goes and, and uh, what's the off-season, what's the preseason, what's the in-season training. Uh, that's, that's when you really get specific into training an athlete. What do you mean by everybody? The, the regular well, Joe Schmo on the even a, Yeah, ev even a general population. Well, you don't want to make it seem to, to mm. someone coming into the gym if it's not, an, uh, let's say, an athlete playing a specific sport, mm. a competitive sport. It's, you don't want to make them feel that they're disabled, that they can't squat or they can't do a, a met ball toss or, or whatever the case may be because it's not true. You get what I'm saying? And obviously, it's not that everybody's going to do same, uh, the same exercise because that's also not the, the case with an athlete. You know, you picking the right exercises at the right time, it's also very important. But we see this all the time, and not only we see it all the time, but we hear this more often, you know, a, a girl or, or uh, someone that's overweight, that they're already predetermined what they're going to do at the gym where okay. our job is to show them and teach them that it's okay for them to squat. It's okay for them to do a, 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 a certain exercises just because they saw it on a, on, on a baseball player or a football player. It doesn't mean that mm -hmm. they're not allowed to do it or they won't get the chance to do it. The, 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 the question is, um, when will they be able to do this? an exercise, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I, reading this question, that's something that I was thinking about. It's uh, that, what is athlete training? It's exactly what, what Alex said, but um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that everyone should have an athlete in them. Everyone should be able to move properly, you know, um, because just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not gonna have faulty movements that you need to learn. You see what I'm saying? So where is okay. the difference there? So what it, what, my, my point is everyone should have an athlete in them, you know? And, and that's, uh, that gets really overlooked, man. Uh, general population really um, belittle themselves at times uh, because they want to cut themselves short. Yeah. But now, do you guys think athletes should be trained differently? Or, or or maybe general general pop. I mean, I know they can do the movements and all that stuff, but as far as like, I don't know the the program that they're following. Do you think they need to be trained uh, 
differently well they they, they do um because when you do get an athlete obviously you're gonna you're gonna see some variables that, that alex mentioned it's it, it's the where is the kid in season you know is it in okay. season is it an okay. off-season training program is it a preseason training program yeah. what are the needs of that athlete what age is that athlete mm-hmm. all right is it is it a uh you know a young kid uh versus a professional athlete even to the point where is it a professional athlete that's been in the league for a long time that's already a veteran that even changes the way you approach things see what i'm saying so um is it different absolutely but um how different you know the 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 approach to to the athlete training is because you need to look at the variables within the season uh, whereas general population, you also need to look at other variables like, you know, what do they do for a living? Yep. If, if it's someone that's sitting a, a, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, sitting at a desk for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and it and and that person, it's 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 um, incurring some some faulty movements or pain because of that, mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, their off season is. <laughs> Like it's not a season that they're playing, but they go to work every day. So, yeah. our so you job guys ask them these questions. You guys ask them these questions. Like Zach, do you ask them, like, hey, what do you do when you yeah. get somebody from a general population? What do you do uh, uh, for work? Are you are you very? Does it the physical work? Yeah. Is it for sure? Know? I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I'll ask them the questions. But the great thing nowadays is that social media is so prevalent. So I basically get to watch what they do without becoming a stalker basically uh but honestly like you know snapchat and all these things are it's so prevalent that i could see what they're doing in terms of like if they're sitting all day like because most people like to snapchat that they're at work at the at the office and you know like like what george said you know when people sit all day it creates faulty movement patterns and then creates tight hip flexors which that all could lead back into the first question which was uh can can a general pop or can a general population person train like an athlete or 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 George's point saying that they should have an athlete in them because you might have a, I might have a general population person in the gym and they see maybe a baseball player or a football player coming in and they're doing some sort of kettlebell front squat or some sort of landmine press and they're they like George said they sell themselves short and they just think that they can't do that because they're not an athlete but even though they're not an athlete. They can still do that. And the good thing is, is that when you when you see movements like that, they tailor towards the general pop because, it, well, one, some people might have imbalances, which is okay, but those movements that are done with the athletes can be done with the general pop, and it's not anything to be afraid of. So I feel like that all kind of works well. But, yeah, I definitely ask them what, what do they do, like if they sit all day, if they're up all day, like if they're moving, if their daily activity, like recommended activity levels are – or higher if it's low, like it all tails in, especially for general pop. Like, you, you, like it, it becomes more or less specific in terms of like what they do instead of like an athlete where you kind of have to tailor their program towards towards their sport or competition or, or what have you. So, dope, but yeah, definitely. Dope, dope man. That's just, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. That's really dope. That's really dope. Yeah, man. I I didn't think, <clears throat> you know, so much what goes into. Yeah. Uh, assessing assessing just general population and and athletes but let's move on with athletes like 
I was having a conversation with uh, Alex earlier today. We had like a 30-minute conversation, and he brought up something called GPP and SPP. Um, first of all, Alex, I mean, Alex explained to me earlier, and then you guys can, can jump in. Um, what does GPP and SPP stand for, first of all, and how does it relate to training and, and athlete training? So when you talk about SPP versus GPP, the main difference there is that GPP is general physical preparedness. That's going to be everything that doesn't involve a sport-specific skill. So general physical preparedness is bigger, faster, stronger. Just becoming a better athlete in general. And increasing size, increasing speed, increasing strength, increasing explosiveness, all of that. SPP is specific physical preparedness so that is what you do when you hire a pitching coach or a hitting coach or a fielding coach or a position coach or a throwing coach anybody that's doing the exact same movement that you will be uh, completing when you compete mm -hmm. your that is specific physical preparedness so that would be what your hitting coach does with you general physical preparedness is to make you become a better athlete so us as strength coaches, we are responsible for GPP. We are responsible for making people bigger, faster, and stronger. And that in turn will then allow them to become better athletes because now they won't have the same physical restrictions that they have when they go back to their SPP coaches. Okay, so, so you... That can get lost in yeah. the whole... Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but no, go that ahead. can get lost with, with a client. It get lost in, in, in the shuffle because... Mm -hmm. Um, this needs to be clear. Parents, for the most part, don't think that the strength coach is going to make an athlete, you know, let's say a soccer player, is going to yeah. make an athlete, uh, a soccer player better, a baseball player better, uh, because they're going to do specific stuff in the gym to make them better. Yeah. And that's not the case. Yeah. There's nothing really in the gym that you can do to simulate that unless you have something in the gym like a batting cage and you go hit there you see what i'm saying yeah. so it, it, yeah, it like, it's very very it is a very very fragile uh topic when it mm -hmm. comes to um you know strength coaches that are trying to get you know great information out there and an audience that doesn't really understand that versus somebody mm -hmm. just trying to sell something where yeah. oh, i'm gonna make your kid better uh, you know, like your kid, your kid is not gonna score more goals or hit more home runs just because, you know, he did squats. There is a fine line, <laughs> though. There is a fine line because uh, generally, it's well, at the end it just boils down to, uh, for example, I'll take a a, a baseball player. Mm -hmm. If the if the kid is swinging and and he's not really being successful swinging, his movement patterns are, are just that's really what's causing. Uh, the swing to break down. Uh, it can carry over if we get that kid stronger. So potentially, because the kid is stronger, mm -hmm. then he's going to have better efficiency when he is with his sport-specific coach, okay. right? his hitting coach or his, his baseball coach. So mm -hmm. when he's taking those batting practices, uh, because the kid just happened to get stronger, happen to get faster or his yeah. movement qualities have increased it can carry over but we didn't do anything as far as perfecting the swing the skill 
Exactly. The right. skill, like, it's, it's kind of, uh, you just brought up uh, in my head, uh, I was thinking of Barry Bonds. Like, you know, if Barry Bonds was somebody that wasn't hitting home runs before, I don't, maybe if he did or not take steroids. He, he did, so <laughs> he did. If he did or not, if he did, that wouldn't make him hit home runs. But he was somebody who was already, he had a good swing. He was, well, he was look, hitting there's what? A guy that, there's a guy that could potentially be a Hall of Famer even with, with this whole topic and steroids. And this yeah. is my opinion. Um, whatever he did, that's, that's, you know, that's up to him. I'd say that's his personal life. But, um, you know, it kept him on the game longer if he did. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to, get that that barrel out and, and hit the ball you know if that's the case, the you know yep. so, right the, well i'm sorry what what george was saying is is the requisite skill was already there he was already a, a hall of fame caliber player before he took any kind of performance enhancing drugs so yeah. when you take someone who already has all world skill level and you make them a physical specimen mm -hmm. that's what you get you get 73 home runs in one season you get an ops over like 1.2 or whatever yeah, it was is just ridiculous <laughs> but if someone like me takes steroids it doesn't matter how many steroids i take i'm never going to hit 70 home runs in the major leagues because i don't have the requisite skill i don't have that spp the same that he does so just because i'm either stronger bigger whatever it doesn't make a difference as far as sport specific sport. skill is concerned true now zach i'm curious because i've seen you work with fighters at yep. the gym yeah now, SPP, GPP, yeah, is is that in fighters as well in that sport? Like, yeah, I mean, it, what it, do you? It work all with goes it? back to, uh, in terms of they have their sport specific coach, in terms of how to maybe grapple or do Brazilian jiu jitsu or something like that. But I can do stuff in terms of getting them stronger that will kind of carry over. Not in terms of teaching them how to throw a better punch, but it'll teach them. How to, I guess, be a little bit more powerful, a little bit more stronger, but it's not in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to teach a fighter how to wrestle. I'll make him strong, yeah. and like like with my fight, like with my old fighter, I made him strong, but it didn't, it didn't. I wasn't gonna if if he's in if he's in competition, which he was in competition. I I I didn't. I wasn't able to give him like the 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 teaching caliber to be able to teach him to wrestle because that's not my job. I'm supposed to just make him strong. I'm supposed to build his work capacity up. I'm supposed to work with GPP yeah. or work his GPP to enhance his, to maybe, well, to enhance his competition. Yeah. Depending upon where it was in the block, where it was in the training program, where it was periodization-wise, as long as it enhanced his his fight, then it was good. But it wasn't, I can't teach him how to wrestle. I can't teach him how to, how to throw a punch. I can't teach him how to take, defend a takedown. Yeah. I can do things with sled work that can that can help. I can do things with a with a barbell that can help. I can do things with with a kettlebell that can help. But it won't. In essence, it just will not carry over. Specific sports specifically wise, it will not carry over like that. It will carry over general general GPP wise, but not SPP wise at all. Now, now, guys, if that makes sense, which no, it's all, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. So. Now, how about depending on the level that they're that they're in, meaning, you know, whether they're in high school or in the college, 
in the pros or even even younger, you know, when they're young in, in peewee leagues and in, in the quarry league, you know, how how much of you know GPP versus SPP are are should they be doing? Should they be doing more GPP? Uh, general physical preparedness. General general physical preparedness or specific physical preparedness. Exactly. Think of it as um, as a pyramid. All right. The younger you are, you got to build that pyramid. Um, so the the younger you are, you're generally you're going to need more of the uh, general preparedness, physical preparedness, uh, and it could potentially be just different movements. You know, like if it's a is a kid in, in, in PE, you know, um, have them play all the sports, you know, um, don't just, don't just go and, and, and specify just one sport and that's it, which it's a lot of, uh, a lot of mistakes are made, especially here in the Miami area. I see it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, baseball, it's, it's the answer. You get, you get what I'm saying? Uh, and then you compare it to kids that have played multi, um, sports, and their movements are better. Even even uh, the mindset is it's different because it has been developed through different movements and different aspects of, of, of games and and different needs. So the younger you are, you have to be able to build that that base. The older you get, it becomes more specific to whatever sports chosen. Uh, you know, whatever position is is chosen, um, you know, that's when the whole all the variables and the uh, assessing the the athlete comes into play, and it's very important to use. So, would you say, Alex? Would you say, like, uh, let's say, for instance, in baseball? Okay, us three are baseball guys. Sorry, Zach. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's okay. But. Um, Talk about football one time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's say let's say let's say it in in baseball. Like when uh, when I was younger, they were just telling me, you know, and obviously there's wrong things out there in in pee wee league and all this stuff. They were just telling me, play more games, play more games. You're gonna keep playing, and you got to swing the bat as much as you can. And, you know, I was never really working out, really just, I was just playing more games. I was playing like three leagues, mm-hmm. blowing my arm out. I got tendonitis at, at the age 14, Damn. you know? Jesus. So should, at these, at that age, should they be, you know, working out more or should they be playing more games? Uh, kids at that age should absolutely be working out more and working more on their Working more on becoming a better athlete in general. And okay. the analogy I always use that kind of gets people to think about this a little bit different is if I brought you into a classroom and gave you a math test and said, okay, here, take this test. When you're done, I'm going to grade it. If I said, if you took it, I graded it, you got a C. And I gave it back to you and said, okay, good. You did it. You got a C, but I'm going to test you again tomorrow and didn't tell you what you got right or wrong you would never know what to test for or what to study for. So if you're just constantly testing, constantly testing, playing more and more games, you don't have the opportunity to become a better athlete. You don't have the opportunity to become bigger or faster or stronger. You're just, you're just going to be as physically good as you are at that moment. 
Now, that's not to say that there isn't some validity to playing more games because in order to get better game experience, you obviously have to play more games. But kids at preteen kids, kids that are pre-puberty, kids that are pre-high school do not need to be playing even year-round. Those kids should be playing one single season and they should spend the majority of their time working on their skills and working on their general physical preparedness. Yeah. Now, I, I want to get into, I want to get to the, right now, like, the different the different sports, okay? I mean, there's there's many different sports in there. Cool. <laughs> there are many different sports your, your out there. Your time shines out. If you guys didn't know, there's there, a lot of different sports out there. Um, but, like, so I'm, because I'm curious, and I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody out, out there is curious also, like, when you think about a football player versus a baseball player, or or let's get even more extreme. Let's say a runner, oh, versus a sprinter, you know, what I mean? versus a ba- a football player. Okay, where it's more fast, uh, you know, more explosive, uh, and I'm talking about like a long long distance runner. Okay, I'm thinking long long distance I was about runner. To say, not not sprinter. I know you're thinking sprinter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. But Zach, like, for instance, yeah, the say a football player, um, or maybe football player too bad because it's, it's so many different uh, positions. No, no, I think I think you're on the right track. Yeah. Whenever it comes to, like long distance and football players, like in essence, football like most plays in football last what would it be like barely, what barely eight seconds. At the, like longest, that. the longest, you know, that's the longest. Yeah. And you know, if you got a long distance runner. That could last over an hour, depending upon like the the length of of travel that they do. So yeah. ideally, like in t- in terms of like working different systems, like they're on two totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Like one, you have football would be anaerobic, alactic, pretty sure, and then uh, long distance runner would be oxidative aerobic. So uh, I think in terms of that. I mean, it, I mean, there's it's such a different different animal. Like when it comes to football, so working with athletes, like for GPP wise, you might have to tailor your conditioning that you do with them, depending upon the athlete, depending upon the sport, depending upon the the block or the 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 placement or the week of the of the program. You're gonna have to tailor their conditioning or their their exercise routine towards possibly working that certain amount of time so like with my fighter in essence like there was times where we do a lot of gpp work or or conditioning work that would train the oxidative systems or metabolic threshold systems that would that would tailor towards certain aspects of a fight in essence if that if i just i think i just rambled did i just ramble so you no no it's good you lost me but i was yeah (laughs) no bad but basically you're basically you're saying that you want the training to like kind of mimic the sport that they're playing yeah no i mean yeah in essence yeah i mean at times at times sometimes you're just gonna need you know you gotta you you have to be familiar with with um with what the sport demands demands exactly so um, and then, and then again, you know, it, it, the the sport may may demand certain things, but the athlete may not be ready for that, you know. So it's it's the matter of designing the program to hit those needs, and 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 maybe getting, you know, once you start building those blocks, those training blocks, 
mm. um, you're able to get closer to to that end goal and get that 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 that, that individual ready for for season for competition or whether whether it's a season or or, or a match. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you, you have to get them ready for that. And and I I I also believe that uh, just because of physical preparedness, you can also build uh, a mentality where if if that if that in this case of a fighter or a runner getting closer to the competition, the 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 game, the match, um, you know the 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 training cycle and the training blocks could could potentially you know as a as a good uh, strength coach, um, you can maybe demand uh, even mentally from that from that athlete. You know, however it is, um, you know, I, I I follow good coaches that uh, you know even thinks that the the, the, the words that they use yep. um, can can definitely play into it. You know, have a yep. huge effect on that on that athlete, and and I think also. Um, Understanding the athlete's needs, learning from your athlete, from an individual athlete, uh, observing. I, that's one of my biggest things that I like to do is I like to observe my, my athletes, uh, you know, how they come in the gym. You know, are there, are there you know, uh, hyped up to, to come work out or, or do, do they seem a little down, you know? Sometimes you, you they throw you a curveball, how they, you know, how, mm. how they feel. So at yeah. times you just got to back it down or, or kind of yeah. test them. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these, I mean, obviously a lot of these sports is is very mental. It's very mental. Uh, I mean, for one, baseball, fighting for sure. Um, I mean, even long distance running, I, I like to run a lot. You know, I'm, I have to constantly be talking to myself. And and it that, that actually brings up a point, a good point, because... I was reading something about uh, Michael Phelps. I don't know if you guys have read about his coach, and he got him very young, uh, and he was he was very hyper. I think he had I don't know. I think he had ADHD or something like that. And uh, what he started signing him was to um, he basically had the build, you know, perfect build as a swimmer. And then the, what the coach said was, listen, uh, every, he started working mentally with him. So he he would tell him um, every time after practice he would tell him, uh, Mike, go watch the videotape before you go home. And watching the videotape before you go home meant the perfect race. So Mike every single night would go home and he would picture that perfect race every single time, and that just be got got him to a level mentally that now you see him you know with his phelps face or whatever it's called <laughs> with his <laughs> headphones on and and you Good know stuff. he's just because he's just getting in the zone now i just went on a rant there but <laughs> but it, but it's 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 great i think that's another topic that we should talk on another on another podcast but the athlete mentality the athlete mentality yeah probably that's the next one uh but now we talked about stamina sports versus you know more explosive sports but so do you guys, do you guys, uh, is your program obviously is different between, you know, a football player and a baseball player, baseball player and a soccer player, a uh, soccer player and a basketball player? Or do you guys have certain, you know, programs for every sport or, or how do you, how do you do well, that? Well, 
Alex. One of the things that I was going to bring up that you talked about earlier was um, doing specific movements for specific sports. Yeah. And reality is you can strip all that away. And when you look at certain sports, the just from a biomechanical standpoint and from an energy system standpoint, a lot of sports are going to have very common threads going through them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, for instance, there's no reason to train a baseball a pitcher a quarterback, a volleyball player, and a tennis player any different in respect to their needs for shoulder and elbow stability because they're all doing the same exact movement. Overhead throwers. Right. And it's all very short duration, very explosive movements in all of those. So there's no reason to differentiate the training in between those those people. Okay. Where you run into needing to uh, broaden the base of training is when you say when you talk about football where – a quarterback is definitely not going to have the same needs as a lineman, is definitely not going to have the same needs as a wide receiver, is definitely not going to have the same needs as a kicker. So that's when you need to start differentiating with your sport-specific training um, to accommodate the needs of each individual uh, position. Now, that being said, the, the one thing that we were touching on before was energy systems. And I, I'm, I know it's one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's definitely one of bi- George's biggest pet peeves, is a lot of times strength coaches don't take that into consideration or uh, just team coaches don't take that into consideration when they're working with their kids. And the biggest thing here is running long distance in baseball because in baseball you never, ever, ever run long distance. Dude, they would tell me that ever coaches they would ever. tell me that all the time. I was a pitcher and that's how exactly. they and that's, and that's ever. And that's the, the whole thing here is – if you break pitching down into its components, what are you doing? So as a pitcher, you're getting the ball, you're standing on the mound, you're going through your windup, you're making an explosive movement towards the plate at 100% of whatever you've got with a tiny little, what is it, a 4-ounce or 8-ounce, whatever the ball weighs. So it's 5. 5-ounce, five so you're, you're throwing a 5-ounce object as hard as you can, 60 feet, 6 inches. Mm-hmm. You're taking about a 30-second break, and you're doing it again. And you're repeating that a hundred times over the course of a game. So why then to become a better pitcher and to physically prepare yourself for pitching, would you choose to do a low du- uh, low intensity, long duration exercise with no breaks in between? So you're actually training the exact Opposite. wrong energy system. Exactly. Yeah. So in essence, what you're doing is you're actually, it's a detriment to your performance to train that way, you know, and, and, And like I told you earlier when we spoke, Mm -hmm. if you reverse that and you took a soccer player and you told the soccer player, well, we're never going to run long distance because why should you? They would look at you like you're crazy because soccer players run long distance. So obviously they have to run long distance. But as a baseball player, if you tell someone that, hey, you know, we're going to have to have our pitchers who never do anything, never run, period. We're going to have them run miles upon miles upon miles. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Total sense. Yeah, that's that's right. And in actuality, that's it's a it's it's just something that's been perpetuated forever in baseball because your coach did it, because his coach did it, because his coach did it, because his coach did it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's unfortunate. And it's got to be right. You get what I'm saying? It's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's like, been around you know, how, so long. How, how it has could to it be, be right. wrong. Yeah. You know, and you hear it all the time. You know, it, it's it's you, you don't know how many times I hear the the whole the the justification on it. It's. Well, some of these coaches are doing it to to weed out the guys that don't belong. Look, 
they want me to get it. I don't get that. You can weed them out in other ways. And still, the ones that don't belong, they're not going to belong. But you can help out the ones that do belong. So why are you going to hurt the ones that do belong where you can do things that are going to be just as, let's say, tough, right, uh, but still get some, some good out of it? You know, some, some, maybe some sprints, and then you just add a little bit more sprints or, or whatever. You still get something out of it. But then, you know, they still use that justification of, well, some of these coaches are making these guys run two, three miles because, you know, they want to see who's doing it. You know, they want, well, look, you're, you're hurting more than what you're helping. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, whatever. I, I mean, I just want to highlight that again. Especially everybody who plays baseball here in Miami, because I, I mean, I played here mostly, and all they would tell me is to run as a, as a pitcher. So you heard it here first, and it, <laughs> well, first, or maybe you hear it again and yeah, again. And, and it, again. <laughs> it also goes back into football too with uh, yep. the conditioning test they have preseason. You know, those those linemen, yep. they're never going to be running fifty yards, hundred yards, ever, ever. Those guys need to train just like a pitcher would train. High intensity, low duration. I mean, those guys, like we were saying earlier, the longest play in football is what, eight seconds that those guys have to block for? Yeah, so why do those guys have to run 100 yards? It's just, it doesn't make sense. And there's no way to predict that, oh, if this guy can master this conditioning test, he's going to be a beast on the field. It's usually the exact opposite. The guys that are more skilled SPP-wise are usually the better, the guys that can succeed much better than the guys that are just monsters in the gym. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you guys one more question because I'm kind of running out of time here. Um, just, I mean, running on the same thing here, like, you know, all these kids are doing, a lot of these kids are doing the wrong training when they're young, you know, and then that messes up them up in the, in the long run. So what, what can we tell those parents out there those athletes out there even even the older athletes who probably didn't get the correct training and they're looking for somewhere you know for for the right information especially nowadays when so much information out there and they're getting information from who knows what on instagram and you know again peewee <laughs> schmidt or something i don't know and the where, yeah right like <laughs> where where can we send them you know i mean obviously society speaks i mean they, yeah <laughs> i mean can send them right to our gym if they, yeah they, they really want good information welcome yeah. <laughs> at our society gym but you know how, how i mean how how can they tell if it's right if it's wrong what do we tell these guys well Zach, Zach, i mean i mean honestly just be i mean be open-minded but don't be naive too like the fanciest things isn't always the best things you know you see a dude moving really fast in a very small space. That doesn't mean he's hella fast or something like that. Just be open-minded. And I guess do your Googles, too. You know what I mean? Like, Googles. Like, look up, like, actual, like, factual, like, smart people. Like, don't just look at uh, George down the street. Not not you, but the other like, George <laughs> down the street who's running. George with a G. Out of all the names. <laughs> out of all my the fault, names. My fault, though. You know? just don't go down the street and look at the guy who's running around cones and running around ladders and all that stuff. Just and to just, look good. 
Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's not just about it. you know. A lot of times they they follow the crowd. You know, everything's like follow the crowd. This new gym opened up and everything. And not not mm-hmm. not against any gym that opens up, obviously. But um, do your research. You know, um, yeah. do what 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 most people won't, and it's doing their research. It's asking questions. Okay, it's okay for for a parent to ask a hundred questions. We have to answer them. And I get a lot of parents that don't ask questions at all. And and it's like, how are you not going to ask questions if you're investing money in your son? Mm-hmm. When you go buy a car, I, 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 I guarantee you have a billion questions, right? When, when, when you're doing any transaction that you're investing your money, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have questions. You're just not going to throw your money away. Why wouldn't you do it when you're paying? This is not a free um, business, right? It's not a free service. Why wouldn't you ask questions? You know, hey, what are your credentials? What do you do? What is it that you're going to do with my kid? I want to learn because ultimately I don't know. And that's pretty much how how it is. You have to research and ask questions. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that, that George and Zach were trying to hit on was be an informed consumer. Just know what you're purchasing. And like George was saying, if you were going to make a big purchase and buy a car, you'd have a thousand questions. You do hours and hours of research beforehand. If you're going to entrust someone with the uh, the health of your child or your health, ask them questions. And the other thing, too, is don't buy into social media marketing hype. The people who pose next to the professional athletes and the people who look the best on social media are not necessarily the best trainers. The guys who are really good trainers and the guys who you should listen to are the people who can take those kids that are borderline college athletes or borderline division one athletes or borderline high school athletes and turn them into something where that kid is then a starter. Yeah. Maybe if nobody would have worked with him, he would never have played, but now he's starting or that kid never gets that scholarship. But now that he worked with you, now he's got a full ride. Those are the coaches that deserve your money. Those are the coaches that um, you should be spending your well, um, your hard-earned money with. Yeah. Not the person that just stands next to the professional athlete in the picture because, you know, that's that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and and I mean, I can note on that too. Like, take it from me, I'm the marketing guy. I've worked with people that, uh, like, I felt I felt bad doing the work i was like man i'm not coming back to this because i know they're doing some shady things out there but well with that with all that said i mean finally our first podcast guys yeah. was was great um yeah that was fun yeah, yeah. thanks zach yo, yo you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome George. yeah i want to take um mike merchant for for uh helping us out today uh, really big thanks. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you're listening or watching, and uh, we're gonna be doing this recording at least once a month. Uh, so please share it with your friends. Um, whether you're watching or listening, just share it with your friends. The more support we we get, the more we can do this. Uh, we're just trying to help you guys out and 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 create value for you guys. Give you more knowledge so you guys don't go in the gym. You know, not knowing what you're gonna, what what you're gonna do, just you know, or, or handicapped. Um, follow us on on Instagram, Instagram and Facebook at 
Iron Society Gym. Um, hope this helps you guys. Uh, I'm signing out. Kevin Bryant, uh, Mr. George Gutierrez, Mr. Alex Credo, and Zach Mann. I love all you guys. Peace.